Idleman Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. I want to see your face Pass me by the crowds of people The priests who sing your praise Hello, my name is Shane Idleman, and I'm the pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California. It is my personal heart and goal for you to see truth through a biblical perspective. I hope that you enjoy this segment of Idleman Unplugged. Chapter 2, Part 2, Fasting, When, Why, and How. And here is where the rubber is going to meet the road for many of you. I know this is where you have a lot of questions about what type of fast, how long to fast, what can I drink when I fast, can I eat anything when I fast, what types of fast are biblical. This is such an important topic as well. The first section is common questions about fasting. And if I've learned one thing when I'm pastoring, it is this. When you allow the Holy Spirit to take control of your physical appetite, your spiritual appetite for God increases. Through strength in Christ, not willpower, we find victory. And nothing feels better than victory over the flesh. This is age-old wisdom. Fasting begets prophets and strengthens strong men. Fasting makes lawgivers wise And it is the soul's safeguard, the body's trusted comrade, the armor of the champion, the training of the athlete. That is commonly attributed to uh, Basil. He was the bishop of Caesarea uh, back in the early uh, conception of the church. Fasting does not motivate God to love me more, but I find that I love him more. Fasting prepares the heart, and God acts on behalf of those who wait for him. Isaiah 64, 4. Do you need God to act? Wait on him through prayer and fasting. It's okay from time to time to go into fasting mode. That's what we call this, fasted lifestyle, fasting mode from time to time. So let's dive into some of these questions. What is fasting? Well, there are a lot of creative ideas, but the definition of biblical fasting is to abstain from any regular source of strength and nourishment, food and liquid, any, anything that nourishes the body. So Daniel was the exception to this, uh, obviously. Now, many people say, you know, Daniel fasts, but really he doesn't use the word f- he was fasting. What he did is he withdrew from the king's delicacies and to just a basic food. And it's, it's a wonderful thing to do. I don't want to discredit it. I think it's great. Many people benefited from it, but the biblical word for fasting is literally to shut the mouth and take in no nutrients. What you want to work toward, I think, because it's a, definitely, I've done all kinds of juice and Daniel, and there's nothing like going deep with water fasting. Even if it's 16 hours, try missing breakfast and lunch. You'll see how hard it is. And uh, the reason, though, it's hard is because often we're withdrawing. And your body does get used to switching over to ketosis quite frequently. For me, it's a passion, and I don't think everyone's going to live like me. Other people have different passions. God has called me to talk about fasting and revival a lot. So obviously, you know, I'm going to be the exception to the rule. But there should be a fasted lifestyle in all of us where we are telling King's stomach no from time to time, and we're dethroning him and putting him down and lifting God up. So let's get into this topic on the definition of fasting. So Daniel, obviously the exception, avoided all appealing food. And one reason the Daniel approach was and is still, you know, so good is because the body only consumes God-given food. Junk food has zero life-giving benefits. I call it the Daniel healthy eating plan instead of a fast for that very reason. 
as appetite decreases, prayer must increase. Fasting without prayer is simply a diet without spiritual benefits. Let me say that again. Fasting without prayer is simply you're going on a fast, basically. So my encouragement is that fasting becomes a lifestyle. Herbert M. Shelton offers a good reminder. When a man learns his limitations in food consumption and respects these, he will remain well. A return to coffee and tobacco and alcohol and poisonous soft drinks and food and to overwork in the late night hours and poor sleep and unventilated bedrooms and workplaces and being slothful and not too active. Also overeating to this and overeating, not only, you know, overeating, but the conventional diet, it will cause the disease to return. Fasting must complement a healthy diet, not take the place of it. This is big. Drum roll. This is big. Fasting does not take the place of a healthy diet. It, it complements it. As a matter of fact, it's pretty dangerous to when people fast and, and they fast for you know three, four, five days and they just can't wait to have that burger and fries. It's just, it's just a toxic overload to the body. So I look at it as just a, a reset. And I actually wrote a book on 40 Days to Reset Your Life. 40 Days to Reset Your Life. That one will really help out in this area of getting back on track and, and taking some time to really reset everything. I often wonder how many diseases could be prevented and or reversed by fasting and eating clean. Multiple sclerosis, for example, is a disease where the immune system slowly consumes the protective sheath that covers the nerves. Can this happen because the body is kept in a toxic state and not allowed to heal? Yeah, for sure. Parkinson's, another problematic disease, is primarily caused by low dopamine levels. In many cases, dopamine-generating cells have died. Even experts do not know why these cells die. Could they have been restored or new ones created if the body was allowed time to detox and fast and also consume life-giving food? Those are questions, and I don't want to minimize. There's no cure-all. There's not like, well, if you fast, you're not going to get any of these things. There's, there's no guarantee in life whatsoever. The only guarantee is... Is God and his promises. But you can definitely tilt the scale way in your direction. With Alzheimer's dementia, it's when certain things break the blood-brain barrier and they attach to the tissue of our brain. And you can look and you see the tissue of the brain has been slowly over years taking on these toxins and, and really degenerating. And so fasting can really clean all that out. Alzheimer's, another deteriorating disease, is caused when brain cells slowly die and healthy ones are not replicated. As a result, brain tissue has fewer and fewer nerve cells and connections. This leads to the mental and physical symptoms that we see in those who suffer from it. Could fasting while consuming life-building food at other times reverse or prevent some of these illnesses? Yes, it could. Fasting allows the body to heal, and life-giving food provides many healing properties designed to bring restoration and health to the body. So as we keep going further into this, I'll explain what kind of diet I recommend if you have questions on that too. So let me just talk about this, this concept, you know, what is fasting, you know, kind of expound upon that a little bit more because many say, you know, what's the use? I'm getting older, my health is failing and, and that's normal. And what is normal is we get, we're, we're getting older, we age. Yeah, that's normal. But what's not normal is these diseases that are coming upon us in our 30s and 40s and 50s. And, you know, you go back 100 years ago, heart disease, type 2 diabetes. I've got a video on Amazon Prime 
The title is One Pastor's 40-Day Fasting Journey, when I did a 40-Day Fast. But I show pictures of the beaches or New York in the 1950s compared to now. Something is happening. And we can get into, I mean, the, the, the food is everywhere, uh, number one. Processed food is not good for us. What happens with processed food is you're not getting the vitamins, the nutrients, the electrolytes, everything that you need. And so your body needs more nutrition. And so it craves more food. Or you have blood sugar levels, and now you've, you've set off the sugar addiction. And, and there's so many dynamics working against this, not to mention seed oils. You know, these little seeds where you try to get oil from canola oil, sunflower oil, safflower oil. And they, they press the oil out of these seeds and the omega-6, omega-3 polyunsaturated ratios. And, and it, it's really, you know, they, they use chemicals to prepare these seed oils. And it, there's just so much that is destroying the body. And that's why we have to be somewhat knowledgeable and vigilant in this area because you don't have to get old the normal way. You know, you don't have to be overweight at 50 and on medication for the rest of your life and slowly watch your life decline and be in nursing home the last 10 years of your life. Aging should be all the more reason to apply what we've been discussing. Whether it's a 100-year-old man who mows lawns or the 100-year-old farmer who still works the field, albeit much more slowly, healthy living leads to success most of the time. So we should take care of the gift that God has given us. Moses still had his eyesight and his strength at 120 years of age. See Deuteronomy 34:7. His eyes were not dim nor his natural forces abated at 120. So consider, you know, to begin, consider intermittent fasting uh, as a way to get started. Our ancestors may have eaten this way when when food was scarce. Intermittent fasting focuses on short-term fasts. The goal is to keep the body in a ketogenic fat-burning state by consuming certain low-carb foods. It's a good place to start, but water fasts are much more beneficial for detox and cleansing. I'm going to talk more about intermittent fasting in just a little bit. Let's start where most of you start. Where do I start? That's probably one of the top questions. Okay, you know, where do I start? How do I start? When do I start? It depends too. I've got people who have never fasted, some people who have fasted, some people who have tried to fast. And so it depends on where you're at. Let's just say you're just starting. So don't focus on length just yet. It's not time to break any world records. Do a 40-day fast or a three-week fast or even a 10-day fast. You have to determine what type of fast. You know, are you on medication? As always, you got to consult your physician. There's a lot of fasting experts out there who have YouTube videos online that you can listen to and, and get some, some clarity on. People say, God just wanted me to go cold turkey from coffee and sugar, and I just went for it. Some people feel like, man, I felt pretty good. It was wonderful. Other people had a hard three days. And so yeah, I wish there was an easy answer, but it's, it's, a, it's a toughie for sure. So don't focus on length just yet. Simply step out in faith. Begin by missing a meal or two. Educate yourself and seek medical advice. You may want to tell your physician what you're doing and ask if he or she can review blood work and monitor vitals. It can be motivating to see the benefit of fasting in a before and after blood panel, that's for sure. But remember, with physicians, you have to tell them what you're doing. Don't ask them their opinion because most of them still think fasting is starving and you're going to die in 10 days if you don't eat. Not realizing most people can go a long time. I'm not saying that's a great idea because you have to watch potassium levels and and sodium levels, uh, for sure, electrolytes, uh, because, you know, that can really, you know, heart, heart palpitations and things like that. But let, let's get back on track here. It can be motivating to see the before and after blood panels and even before and after spiritually, before and after on the scale. 
So pray and ask God for direction and encouragement. I've included helpful sermons and resources at the end of my ebook, Feasting and Fasting, What Works, What Doesn't, and Why. So you can actually download it free right now. Go to our church website, westsidechristianfellowship.org, download it free, get all this information, and the sermon links are at the end of it. Again, free download. It's available at all other places too, but we want to put it for free on our church website. In the book, I included a lot of helpful sermons, so if you're reading online, the ebook, you can just click the link, and I believe the, the sermon, you know, it should pop up. And it was actually a sermon I heard six days into a fast that kept me from quitting many years ago. I think it was Jensen Franklin. I probably started fasting about 10 years ago, I would say, and really, really just saw the benefits of it. And if you truly start feeling sick as you're fasting and can tell something is off, as opposed to feeling tired and grumpy and lightheaded and dizzy and hungry, you know, those are normal, but just, you know, you're sick, something is off, then that may be a good time uh, to drink a little bit of juice, you know, or grab some nuts or something and then get back on track. You know, I've done that. I've done that quite a bit. Now, I'm not telling you to do that because, you know, hardcore fasting experts will say, you broke the fast, start over again. That's not fasting. Oh, give me a break, man. If I can go, like when I went 40 days and I had a little bit of juice now and then to get through sermons and at the end of the 40 days, I was down 36 pounds, 37 pounds, felt great, spiritual benefits. And if I had to do those little things to get to the end, man, it, it was well worth it. So don't let the judgmental Jerry's or critical Kathy's tear you down. Be careful who you talk to about fasting, but it is good to let, you know, let a few people know. And I'm going to get, I'm going to get to that in just a minute. I do need to comment on this because a lot of people say you shouldn't tell anybody. Well, how do we know Jesus fasted? How do we know Daniel fasted? How do we know Ezra fasted? How do we know that people fasted? Because they told people. So when Jesus says, don't tell people you're fasting and what the whole, I, I can't believe people don't know this either. It's, it's crystal clear. The whole point is, is to, you know, put like, you know, dirt on my face and walk around. Oh, I'm so tired. I'm fasting. I'm so spiritual. Oh man, I just, I've been fasting all week and you, you want the attention. You want to, you want to be, you know, look at you puffed up like the Pharisees and, and want to be spiritual. And, and Jesus says, you have your reward. But if you say, you know, Hey, you tell your wife and you know, I tell maybe a couple of people at the church, some of the elders and, and stuff. Hey guys, I'm going to be fasting this week. So I might not be on email much. Pray for me. We got a lot of, lot to pray about and tell my in-laws, you know, I probably won't be coming over for dinner. I want to fast. And so I <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. I just it just cracks me up when people get they get really bent out of shape if you mention you're fasting. Obviously, don't know how to put that scripture in context. So anyway, let's let's keep going here. When I talked about feeling sick, you know, obviously it's best to push through. You know, you listen to Alan Goldhammer with True North. You know, he'll he'll talk about pushing through. Daniel Pompa and, and a lot of the guys I've mentioned in the past. You know, they'll talk about pushing through. With them, there's doctor supervision. So you have to know yourself. A lot of times I've pushed through, get sick a little bit, and that's, that's the body detoxing. It's kind of normal. So what I've done, instead of getting discouraged and like, oh, I don't feel good, I need to quit, I'm like, oh, good, my body really needs this. And that, that mental shift really helps. But if you're becoming sick, you know, I, I, I told the lady, I remember she was on day 14 or 15 and she was thrown up. And if you're at a fasting clinic and somebody's watching you, I think it's, it's you know, that might be different. But I told her, hey, I don't know what your vitals are. I don't know your electrolyte levels, and I don't think it's good to continue. And she didn't. She ate a little bit and felt better. But it depends. You want to have a little bit of juice to help fall forward. Such an interesting topic for sure. Now, with fasting, there are boosts of energy followed by big letdowns. And that's what I really love about fasting. Some days I'm like just dragging, and other days I'm like hop out of my truck. I can go start jogging and just have lots of energy. And then a couple hours later, just crash. 
just amazing how that happens. So what happens though is when you're getting, sometimes when you're getting sick or sore, the body is retracing. It's called retracing. And so what the body does is it retraces past problems in order to heal them. If you had a cold, you know, sometime back or you broke a bone or shoulder injury, sinus issues, many times the body, as it's healing those areas, you'll start to experience symptoms again in those areas. It's very interesting. I remember like a couple days into my fast, my lower back was just killing me and I knew it was the body was detoxing. So with that said, experts are divided on whether you should push through feeling sick and flu-like or take a small amount of food. In my case, I press through as long as it's not intense and if my schedule commitments allow for it. Self-control and willpower are two key components of fasting. There's no way around it. The power of the made-up mind tilts the scale in your favor, the power of the made-up mind. So for many years, I thought I was hypoglycemic. That's why I didn't fast. And I had a good excuse. Hey, you know, I'm borderline hypoglycemic. I can't fast. I learned later that I was just addicted to sugar. So once I started to wean off sugar, wean off things and just, because I was trained to eat every two and a half, three hours, you know, keep your metabolic rate up, bodybuilding, fitness. And uh, of course, that's proven not to be a good idea now, uh, obviously. And I don't even think it's biblical. I don't think that, I think that's, you know, that your, your insulin level rises too much, your blood sugar levels, and you don't need to be consuming, consuming, consuming. When you do that, autophagy doesn't take place at all because there's a constant influx of food and calories. Once I weaned off of, of sugar, I could fast fairly easily and be patient, be patient. Health is a lifestyle. It's not a short-term fix. Anybody who's in shape is not on a diet. Okay, they're, it's, it's who they are. It's a lifestyle. Sure, they might eat a piece of cake at a birthday party. Sure, they might go to Mexican food with their spouse. But they're not gluttonous all day long, all week long. They've made a choice to make health a lifestyle. Fasting success is largely a mental state. Your body has been conditioned to eat at certain intervals, not to mention having addictions that want us to feed them often. Fasting starves the flesh, the fuel source of sin. Fasting also provides fertile soil for the fruit of the spirit, such as self-discipline. The lust of the flesh sidetracks us whenever it can. And the more we feed it, the more we fuel it, the more we're going to have to fight it. So fasting starves the flesh so we can be filled with the spirit. Drudgery becomes delight, like I talked about in the last section. Fasting is not starving in a physical sense. It's the removal of food for a season. It's good to clarify this. People say, oh, you're going st- to, I hear this a lot when I'm fasting. Why are you starving yourself? Starving is when your body no longer has the reserves, fat. Now it's going to start really tearing into your muscle. Gluconeogenesis, it's converting your muscle to fuel. And then it will begin to even, you know, there's, I, I've, I've, I've got charts of how much your organs can actually be, you know, portions of the organ are consumed. I think the brain during fasting though, isn't, doesn't shrink at all, but other organs definitely do. And once you're, you know, like for me, you know, let's say after like probably 55, 60 days, then I would be probably in starvation mode, but there's a lot of reserves for most of us. So don't, don't buy into that. You're starving yourself baloney. So the body switches from burning glucose as fuel to burning ketones when fat is broken down and converted to energy, just like God designed us. So quick biology lesson, your muscle and your liver have glycogen. And that's why like if you work out or you you work out, you can feel that pump carbohydrates, the end of carbohydrates, that word is hydrate. So they hydrate the body. 
and you're, you're kind of full and it feels good. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger loved that pump and bodybuilders, you know, cause you're, 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 you could feel the tightness from the carbohydrates. And, but once you begin to fast or, you know, go on a ketogenic type diet, I'll talk about that later too. The carbohydrates are used and then you begin to not have that stored energy. So therefore the thought is your body taps into fat much quicker, and much sooner. And that's kind of the benefit of keto diets for those who want to go down that route. We are designed to fast for spiritual, physical, and emotional benefit. Mental clarity and brain function are heightened as well. Instead of dying, we are repairing. Instead of dying when you're fasting, you're actually repairing your body. And so many people, you know, it's just like, why are you starving yourself? You're going to age yourself quicker. You're, you're dying. No, actually overconsumption is killing us, not fasting. It's just, it's just sad. We've got this backwards. Rarely does anyone in America die of fasting, but millions die of overeating. Fasting is not the problem. Feasting is. So how long should I fast? How long should I fast? Okay. We'll get. Get a piece of paper and, and pen out for this one. We're going to go through a lot of different questions on the length of the fast, what you can eat during the fast, a lot of, of different information. So let's start with this question, though, the length of the fast. There are no quick answers, so research is important. If we are talking about fasting for health reasons, ideally, one should fast for as long as it takes to heal or detox. The goal, the goal determines the length. In other words, what's your goal? You know, if my goal is spiritual reasons, I'm going to, I'm going to fast until I have a spiritual breakthrough or unless I get peace from God. It doesn't mean I'm going to go crazy, but if it's for physical reasons, you know, my eyesight is failing, blood pressure, got, you know, I've really got to take some weight off, then it's, it's going to, it's going to take a while. And normally from a health perspective, the way you know when you get into refeeding and things like that, how to know when the fast is over for physical reasons is actual hunger returns, okay? I've never really experienced that. I've never went that long. But I have went to where I'm not hungry anymore. I cook dinner. I cook pasta. I don't eat it, nothing. And uh, man, I'm not hungry. But then on that fast, I think nine or 10 days later, I felt released and I started eating again. I've been told that hunger will return. It's like a it's like a sensation in your mouth and throat, and okay, it's time to eat. Your tongue is 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 clear, your breath is clear, and and the body has has done what it needs to do, and that's why that's how you would know. So, that's why there's no quick answers on how long you should fast. If we are talking about fasting for health reasons, ideally one should fast for as long as it takes to heal or detox. Just like I just said, the goal, what your goal is, determines the length. The longer, the better in most cases. Now, I don't want to shock anyone, but water fasts of three or four weeks are not uncommon. I know at True North Center there, Santa Rosa, they routinely do 40-day fasts. And I know Buchenheimer, Buchenheimer Wilhemi, they do 40-day fast, but they, they give you a couple hundred calories and juice, and their, their thought process is, is pretty cool. There's, I mean, there's so many rabbit trails I could take you on, and, and I'll get to the different types of fasts in a little bit. But I would say, actually, while we're on that topic, Buchenheimer might be good for, for many of you. you. Say you stay under 300 calories a day. Around lunchtime, you have some fresh squeezed juice. Maybe again, later in the day, you have a little bit of more grapefruit juice or a little bit of soup. And I've done that before. It works, works really well because I can fast and still keep up a schedule, work out a little bit. But, you know, it's not as, you're not going to go as deep as water fasting. You're still taking a little bit of nutrients. And where you do have to be careful is, and I've done this, you drink a little bit too much, too much soup and salt and, yeah, man, hunger. Hunger is because you're, you're fasting, you're not hungry, and now you're taking this in, and now you're hungry again. It's like, oh, man, that, that, there's a hunger hormone, ghrelin. Ghrelin is decreased when you fast, but if you, if you 
take in too much juice, you can really increase it. And then also with juice, you're putting fructose into your body. And of course, you know, insulin, blood sugar levels, and, and they don't come up that much because you just, you maybe mix it with some water and, and different things. But that, that's a good way maybe to go for, for many of you as you ease into to fasting. So don't forget to factor in the refeeding phase, okay? Don't forget to factor in the refeeding phase. So if you, if you fast a week, that's great. Guess what? You're going to need about 10 days on your calendar because the next three days, you don't just go pig out and eat normal. You've got to really do some research on this. You've got to do it the right way. And I've done it where I've really messed up and it's not good. After an extended fast, the stomach shuts down and care should be taken when reintroducing food. For example, those who fast for one week should allow a few extra days for light fruit, soup, things like that. As fasting time increases, the length of the refeeding phase should increase as well. If fasting for spiritual reasons, pray, set a time frame, and fulfill it. For me, the spiritual benefit is the primary goal, and the health benefits are secondary. But I would encourage most people to incorporate at least one day of fasting, water fasting, into their weekly schedule. The health benefits are incredible, as are the spiritual benefits, as long as the person maintains a good diet. That is if you've enjoyed this episode of idleman unplugged be sure to send us your ideas and topics for future episodes of the podcast you can send us an email at westsidechristianfellowship.org or shaneidleman.com thank you for listening to us today and join us again on the next episode Thank you for listening to Eidelman Unplugged. For more information, visit us at shaneidelman.com. Again, that's shaneidelman.com. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality in Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these ebooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.